podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Boys and girls, two footed podcast, Wednesday, the 11th of August. We're brought to you by eplindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. Virtual privacy network allows you to go online, access things like American Netflix, RT Player, BBC iPlayer, whatever you're geo blocked from. Liberty Shield can help you find a workaround. Also, keeps your data safe online. So, check out libertyshield.com and use the code EPL. VPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops on Etsy. Whole line of new stuff coming on the EPL Index shop, including caricatures of a lot of the city players. You can get them on cups and things like that. There's also a special edition PSG release on the way to celebrate the signing of Lionel Messi. So those will be well worth your while getting your hands on. EPL Index Shop or Anfield Index Shop, both on Etsy. So just download the Etsy app and search EPL Index or Anfield Index and it will bring them up for you. Right, folks. It is the 250th edition of the two-footed podcast so just want to thank everybody for your support along the way for you know whatever you've done to help grow this show be it retweets telling a friend whatever if you've done nothing other than listen since day one thank you very much if we picked you up along the way hope you're enjoying the show hope you'll stick with us as we continue to grow but 250 episodes is a, a decent milestone so i uh, thought it was worth the mention Anyway, we are going to move on. Um, obviously, the big news is that Lionel Messi has joined PSG. He signed his contract. He's been unveiled. And now PSG are going to have a very scary front three of Messi, Mbappe and Neymar. Potentially a midfield three of Verratti, Paredes and Wijnaldum. And at the back, Hakimi. Marquinhos and Kimbembe would be the two best centre-backs, but you'd imagine Ramos will play along with Marquinhos. Left-back is an issue for them. They're not particularly strong at left-back, but they've got Donnarumma in goal. So it's a pretty terrifying team to look at. Whether it functions well or not, we'll wait and see. Massive pressure, you'd imagine, on Mauricio Pochettino now. Massive, massive pressure for him to get things right. If he doesn't get things right, he could be in trouble. We have exclusive breaking news this morning from The Athletic. Right now, Leicester City have submitted an opening offer worth £15 for Southampton defender Yannick Vestergaard. It has not yet been accepted. Southampton are expected to hold out for a bit more. But it does look like Leicester are making a move to go and replace Wesley Fofana, who's likely to be out for most of the season. Now, personally, 
I don't think Vestergaard is the right signing for them, but he has experience playing in the back three from his national team days. He's a great passer of the ball, there's absolutely no doubt, but defensively, he is very, very questionable. It's a very Brendan Rodgers signing. Sign someone who's done well against you in the past. Sign someone who stood out in the Premier League for a short period of time. It reminds me of Dejan Lovren. And I said last season that at some point, somebody's going to be foolish and think that Vestergaard is the better of the two Southampton defenders and pay big money for him, while Saints keep hold of Bednarak in the way Liverpool were foolish and spent big money on Lovren when Jose Font was by far the, two of the better of the two defenders. And Southampton were able to keep hold of him. But Leicester need a centre-back. Vestergaard makes sense. He's done it in the division. They know what they're getting with him, or they think they know what they're getting with him. I, I think there's better options out there. I, I think Ozan Kabak for that kind of money would be a much better signing. Eight years younger, better defensively, not as good on the ball. Can carry the ball better, but not as good a passer. But if it's Vestergaard, that goes with Bertrand. Samare and Daka for what will be a fairly impressive hole for Leicester this summer. Now, whether they have to sell somebody or not to balance the books as they normally do, we'll wait and see. We know that James Madison has been heavily linked to Arsenal, but Arsenal now being heavily linked to Tammy Abraham. Tammy now has a decision to make. There's reports yesterday, and they're from Talk Sports, so you take them with a pinch of salt, but reports yesterday that Arsenal have agreed personal terms with Tammy and would then go about trying to fix a deal with um, with Chelsea. But Roma have agreed a permanent deal with Chelsea for Tammy Abraham. Roma chief Thiago Pinto due in London over the next 48 hours for Tammy Abraham talks. Clubs have agreed on a permanent deal and a buyback, but the 23-year-old is undecided. He's, he has spoken to Mourinho and Roma want a decision this weekend, or they will look elsewhere. That's from David Ornstein reporting this morning. I think Tammy to Roma is an interesting one. They've obviously just lost Ed and Dzeko. He's off, his, uh, off to uh, Inter Milan to replace Lukaku, who's going to Chelsea. The Roma squad isn't great, but it's not bad either. There's some very, very good players in it. The two key players for them, are going to be Lorenzo Pellegrini, who's the captain, plays as an attacking midfielder, very, very talented, missed the Euros, unfortunately, through injury, but a very, very talented player who's had a couple of good seasons in a row now. And Nicolo Zaniolo, who is maybe the most talented young Italian player, a six foot three attacking midfielder who can play in wide areas, super talented on the ball, great dribbler, Powerful shot, makes defenders look really, really foolish. If you've never seen his first goal for Roma, go and find it. It's just, it's one of the coldest goals you'll ever see. Now, he's had two ACL tears is the issue. At 22, that's that's a lot of bad injuries to have had. But if he can be back this season and stay fit, he is sensational. And Roma will function well because he is just that good. He can pick up the slack from those around him. There's other good players at the club. I mean, Mkhitaryan didn't do well in the Premier League, but he was brilliant in the Bundesliga. He was brilliant in the Ukraine, and he's been really good since joining Roma. They have um, Chris Smalling, who's obviously a 
semi-decent defender. Pedro was still there, though it doesn't look like Mourinho is overly keen on him. They did sign Rui Patricio from Wolves. He's declined, but he's still better than the goalkeepers that they had there last season. So it is an upgrade. Jordan Veritois, people will remember from his time at Aston Villa. He's remade his career since going to Italy, first at Fiorentina, now at Roma. Brian Cristante played a part in Italy's success in the Euro, as did Leonardo Spinozola. Now, he's going to miss a chunk of time with the torn Achilles. But when he comes back, he'll be important for them. It's not a bad squad. It's a strong defensive squad. Roger Ibanez, Gianluca Mancini and Marash Kumbulla are all excellent defenders. As I mentioned earlier, they've also got Chris Moling, who has done pretty well over there. Second season wasn't as good as the first season. They've got a big squad. They've got a lot of players on their books. A lot that they'll probably want to move on. They've already loaned out Cengiz Under and Justin Clivert, as well as Paolo Lopez, who was first-choice goalkeeper last year. Anti Corrich is still there. Stephen Nzonzi, formerly of Blackburn and Stoke, he's still there. Javier Pastore, everybody will know him. He's still there. Davide Santon is there. Uh, people will remember him from his time at Newcastle. So it's, a, it's an experienced squad. It, it is quite an old squad overall. But there's a lot of talent there that if Mourinho can figure things out, they could do quite well. Now, the odds aren't in Mourinho's favour, given how the last couple of seasons have gone for him or the last couple of jobs have gone for him. But I think Tammy would score a lot of goals in Syria. He wouldn't score as many for Roma as he would for Atalanta because they won't play the same style of football. Roma will be a Mourinho team. Atalanta are you know, a masterpiece by Gasparini. And they create insane amounts of chances. So Tammy, I think, would be better off if you could get that move to Atalanta. But playing in Rome, living in Rome, playing for Totti's club, if you do well with Roma, you will be an icon. They will adore you. Chelsea putting in the buyback, I assume, means they're accepting a little bit less in terms of a transfer fee. I don't imagine they'll buy him back unless he explodes over there. But if they're buying Lukaku, they're buying Lukaku for the long term. You're not paying $97 million for a short-term fix. Now, he is 28, so you figure you get three great years out of him. He'd be 31. Maybe then he starts to slow down. And maybe at that point, they'd still have a buyback on Tammy. I suppose it just depends on the terms of the deal. Um, certainly for Tammy, I would rather go to Roma than Arsenal at this point, largely because Arsenal have so much competition up front. Roma don't have any of their number nines that are worth noting. They did bring in um, the Uzbeki striker. What's his name? That's annoying. They brought in uh, Shemurdov from Genoa in the summer, but he's not a big-time goal scorer. He's a big unit, but he's better in a two than he is by himself. Eight goals last season for Genoa. More of a target man than anything else. And I think Tammy could play quite well off him, even though Tammy's a, a big guy as well who's been used as a target man. He's the only other real striker in the squad that's worth noting. So, you know, I think Tammy get more opportunities there. At, at, at Atalanta, they're still going to have Lewis Muriel. Ilicic will still play minutes as, as a false nine. So he'd be in a bit of a rotation. Same at Arsenal. Aubameyang, Lacazette, Enketia. Martinelli can play through the middle. Balogun is expected to get minutes this year. Now, Enketia may leave, but there's still four others. 
So I think Roman might be Tammy's best choice if he wants to go and be the guy. If he wants to go and be that starting number nine, Roman's probably his best move. Others on the move, Rabi Matundo, a former Cardiff City and Manchester City Academy player who joined Schalke in 2019. That didn't really go well. Not his fault, more the fault of a club in utter chaos in Schalke. He spent part of last season on loan at Stoke. Wasn't really given many opportunities by uh, Michael O'Neill, but he's a talented player. He's gone on loan to Circle Bruges, loan with an option to buy. Really hope it does well. I think the Belgian league could be one where he really excels and it should be good for his development. Very, very talented player. Quick two-footed winger. Born in Liverpool, but plays for Wales and was expected to be not the next Sancho, but you know an approximation of that. Hasn't worked. He'll get another opportunity now. And if he does well with Circle Bruges and they decide to keep him per- uh, permanently, he'll learn to move on from there. A lot, of cl- a lot of clubs in the Premier League and other leagues heavily scout the Belgian League because it has been you know, c- quite a source of talent over the last couple of years. Champions League last night, and um, not good for British clubs, or, well, one British club. Uh, Dinamo Zagreb through beating Legia Warsaw 2-1 on aggregates. Uh, Young Boys of Bern through beating Cluj 4-2 on aggregate. Ludogorets, this is the big surprise of the round. Ludogorets through on penalties, uh, 4-1 on penalties after a 3-3 aggregate draw against Olympiakos of Greece, who had been expected to progress. Sheriff Tiraspol beat Red Star Belgrade 2-1. Ferenc Varos beat Slavia Prague 2-1. And then Malmo beat Rangers 4-2 on aggregate, 2-1 in both legs. Rangers bottled it last night badly. Uh, they were one up, so it was 2-2 on aggregate. And Malmo had a man sent off. And somehow Rangers threw it away and didn't just, didn't just fail to beat them. Managed to lose the tie. Conceded two goals when Malmo were down to 10 men. Very, very poor. Um, not a surprise to me. Said last season, Rangers, it's a bit of a fraud league at the minute. Celtic were awful. Everybody else is poor in the league. Rangers have spent more money under Gerrard than the entire rest of the league combined in that period of time. So they've bought their way to success. Last season, they were very impressive in the Scottish League, going unbeaten. But at the same time, they had no competition and Celtic were dreadful. Uh, they did impress a little bit in the Europa League. But again, people over overrated the, the run they had in the Europa League. And they went out the first time they played a decent team over two legs. And now they're out of the Champions League. They'll drop into the Europa League. Um, they'll go into the, the playoff round of the Europa League. So, Gerard, best hope that his side can overcome in that regard, I believe they're set to play. They're going to play the winner of the Champions Path match three. God knows who that is. Match three. It looks like it will be Zalgiris or Mura. Zalgiris are from Lithuania. Mura are from Slovenia. You'd imagine Rangers would be strong favourites to get through uh, against either of those teams. So into the Europa League group stage, they should go. 
but again, we wait and see. In the league path, which is obviously the tougher of the two paths in the Champions League qualifiers, PSV Eindhoven knocked out Mitteljan, who had knocked out Celtic. So, I mean, a lot of Celtic fans bemoaned the fact that if they, you know, that they went out against Mitteljan, but if they'd beaten them, PSV would have handled them fairly easily. And if they did somehow get through against PSV, they'd face Benfica. That's who PSV have to play next. Uh, Benfica beat Spartak Moscow 4 0 on aggregate. Shakhtar Donetsk beat Genk 4 2 on aggregate. They will play Monaco, who defeated Sparta Prague. In the league path, then, is set Monaco against Shakhtar, Benfica against PSV. In the champions path, it is Red Bull Salzburg against Bronby, Young Boys against Ferencvaros, Malmo against Ludogorets. That's who Rangers would have played. And then Sheriff Tiraspol against Dinamo Zagreb. Those games we played the 17th, 18th, and then 24th, 25th of this month. And then we will have our Champions League set after that. Um, Right, what I wanted to do today um, was have a look at all 20 clubs in the Premier League and figure out one player that I think each club needs to sell or, or move on. A player who's not involved or not doing well at the club, but could do well elsewhere, could have a good career somewhere else. So we'll start with Arsenal. Start. We'll go eight through W. We'll start with Arsenal. And I think it is Eddie Nketiah, who I mentioned earlier. I think he's too talented to be lost in the shuffle at Arsenal. Now, personally, if I'm Arsenal, I'm extending his contract and loaning him out. Find him a loan where he can go and play and score goals. I think at this point, maybe the championship is the place for him. But maybe he's ready for more Premier League minutes. There's clubs out there looking for strikers like Brighton, like Norwich, like Crystal Palace, like Burnley. I don't think Burnley could afford him, but on loan, maybe they could take him in. Because I think Enketi and Wood would work. He's that type of penalty box poacher that I think Burnley need. Um, Palace, you'd imagine, with the likes of Olise, Zaha and Esli, when he come back, they'll create a lot of chances. And Enketi could be that type of poacher. Brighton, we know, create a lot of chances. That's what they're in the in the market for, is that goal-scoring number nine. And Norwich, someone as an alternative to Puki, who can play with Sargent and Puki in different sets. I think Norwich would be an interesting one. They were obviously in for Adam Armstrong, who has gone to Southampton. Saints did well to beat off the competition for his signature. And uh, and have secured that signing. So they've at least replaced Danny Ings. Now they still have more work to do in the squad. They need another attacker in. Probably another in-between-the-lines type player. They need one more in midfield. A backup left-back. And they may well need a centre-back now with Vestergaard going. So lots of work for Ralph to do. Um, but yeah, Eddie Nketi will be the Arsenal player, I think, that just needs to move on. For Aston Villa... I think it has to be Wesley. I think it just has to be Wesley. That move hasn't worked out. He's played 25 games in the two years he's been there because of the ACL tear. He's scored six goals. He didn't look particularly good before the ACL tear. I do wonder if maybe a loan 
would be the best move for him. Send him on loan to the French League, the Bundesliga. Let him get games. Let him try and get his confidence back. There's a lot of talent there. And they paid a lot of money for him. Villa paid $22 million for him. Right now, you're not getting back a fraction of that. So maybe a loan would be the best move for Wesley and Aston Villa. Because you look at this season, they're going to have Ings and Watkins. I don't think he's going to get many minutes. I really don't think he'll get many minutes up front for them. Um, they've still got Keenan Davies there as well. So he'll get some minutes as well as a young player. Leon Bailey could play through the middle. I think the best thing for Villa would be to loan Wesley. Find a club that is looking for that big target man type number nine. There are multiple clubs like that around Europe. And I think he, because I think he can be a good player. Now, for Brentford, a young player who I think needs a loan is Dominic Thompson, the young left back. They bought him from Arsenal for about two million a couple of seasons ago. He hasn't really had much of a run there, only 14 games since joining. He did have a good loan spell last year with Swindon, though Swindon were a mess around him. The issue for him at Brentford is he's got Rico Henry ahead of him. Rico Henry's a very good left back. I think if Thompson is to develop, if Brentford want him to be in a position to take over from Henry when Henry does get sold, which will eventually happen, that's how Brentford operates, I think they need to loan him out. There's plenty of clubs in the championship that would love a good young left back. He's good going forward. He's very comfortable in the ball, well-schooled at Arsenal. He's, I think he's a promising player. I think Dominic Thompson is the one that Brentford could do with sending out on loan and finding a club that will develop him. Um, be it a Swansea City or a West Brom, perhaps, under Valerian Ishmael. They're, they're not too bad at left back, but there's a bunch of clubs in the championship, I think, that could do with a player of his ilk. Brighton and Hove Albion. This is a more difficult one because I think there's a few candidates here uh, to maybe move on or go on loan for development purposes. But I think the one they should move on is Shane Duffy. Uh, he had a pretty failed loan spell at Celtic last year. He's obviously lost his place in the first team over the last couple of seasons to Webster. And then when they moved to a back three, he wasn't getting a look in there and was sent on loan to Celtic. Like I say, the loan at Celtic did not go well. He was part of the collapse of, of Celtic. So I do think he should move on. I do think it's best for his career. I think at this point, he's a championship defender. But again, I think there'd be a lot of clubs in the championship that would love to get hold of a Shane Duffy, a player who played a lot of games in the championship. For Yeovil, when they were there, he was there on loan, uh, I think from Everton at the time. And then for Blackburn and helping Brighton get promoted. Shane Duffy knows the championship. He's a physical defender. He's not going to be scared of you know the competition the aggression down there i think there's a bunch of championship clubs that could do with shane duffy at center back for burnley they don't have a big squad so there's not a whole lot of options but i do think the one that stands out to me is matthia vidra now people will say oh but you know he, he played well last season in the premier league and and to be fair he did he had probably the best season of his career in the Premier League, but I still think he struggles in the Premier League to really show what he's capable of. 
He got three goals last season. So it's not like it was a great return. Six in all competitions, but that is in 34 games. I think Vidra is the prime example of a player who's brilliant at the top end of the championship, but not quite good enough for the Premier League. You know, you look at Watford, he gets 20 goals in 41 games in the championship in 2012-2013. The following season, he plays for West Brom in the Premier League, and he scores three. The next season, he's back at Watford on loan. He gets 16 and 42. Brings Watford up to the Premier League. Doesn't score for two years. Was sent on loan to Reading. Didn't do too well there. Uh, at Derby, he gets 21 and 40 in 17-18 in the Championship. Prompts Burnley to sign him. One league goal, two league goals, three league goals. If, if he follows the pattern, he'll get four league goals this season. But again, you look through the Championship. There's a number of clubs there that could desperately do with a goal scorer. Blackburn Rovers just lost their main goal scorer. you telling me Blackburn couldn't do with Mattia Vidra? He'd get you 18 to 20 goals potentially in the championship. I think Vidra is the one to move on there. A lot of options at Chelsea. A lot of options at Chelsea. Massive squad. Now, there's obvious names. Michi Batshuayi needs to go. Bakayoko needs to go. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Ross Barkley. Zaba Costa. All of these guys need to be sold. But the one I think needs a loan, needs to be kept and developed, is obviously Ethan Ampadu. I think he's the one player in the the group that aren't currently among those registered to play in the Premier League from last season. I think he's the one that could work his way into that. But he'll be a depth option. At centre-back, they've got Rudiger, they've got Christensen, they've got Thiago Silva, they've got... Um, Reese James plays there. They've got Aspilicueta plays there. You've got Kurt Zuma. You've got potentially coming in Jules Kunde. I think Ampadu could could do it been loaned on to another Premier League club. Now, who that Premier League club would be? Leeds could be an option. I think he could play centre-back or holding midfield for them. I think Norwich could do with someone in both of those positions. I think Watford could do with someone in both of those positions. Guy has just said Brighton. Perfect choice to replace Ben White. He's a better defender than Ben White. He's not as good a passer of the ball as Ben White, but he's not a bad passer. He's certainly comfortable on the ball. I think that's a great shout. Chelsea and Brighton already have a good relationship. They've done business in the past. He's very good friends, by all accounts, with Tariq Lamptey. So why not Brighton? Brighton seems perfect for Ampadu. Uh, moving on to Crystal Palace. They sort of got rid of everybody that they didn't need in the summer anyway. So it's there's not a whole lot of options here. But the one name they should have so should have said goodbye to was Christian Benteke. Um, now, unfortunately, they've signed him to a new contract. So that's not going to happen. Looking at the rest of the squad, what's remaining? If I'm being honest... The one I'd look to ship on is probably Martin Kelly. An injury-prone, aging centre-back whose career has been largely ruined by injuries. Um, He joined Palace. He's had seven seasons at Palace. He's only played more than 20 league games twice. Last season, he played once in the league. 
But again, I do think he's the type of defender that the, a number of clubs would look for in the championship, in the lower leagues. He's tidy on the ball, dominant in the air. The issue with Martin Kelly is keeping him fit. But unfortunately now at Crystal Palace, he's not going to get the games that he would want. At this point in his career, 31. They've brought in Anderson. They've brought in Gwehi. They still have James Tompkins from last season, who's who's better than Martin Kelly. They still have Czech Coate, who I think will play some games at centre-back. So he's going to be the fourth centre-back, and Nathan Ferguson can also play centre-back, so maybe Kelly is fifth. I think Martin Kelly is the one that could be moved on. Probably a free transfer, but move him on down the road. Let him go play somewhere. I think he can have success in the championship. I think he can show that he's a good player. And just get games. Just get games under your belt. Simple as that. Um... Everton, it's James Rodriguez. There's no reason to go into this any further. Everton need to get rid of him. He needs to go somewhere else. Benitez will not put up with the James Rodriguez uh, disinterest in running, working off the ball or any of that. I think James Rodriguez is the one. He's on huge money at Everton. Everton really can't sustain paying him huge money, especially he's not going to contribute on the pitch. We saw last season, he went on holidays multiple times during the year. He didn't stick around for the end of the season. I know he was injured, but he still should have been there for his teammates on the last day. And he's already been quite open that he only signed for Everton to play for Carlo. Carlo's gone now, so time for uh, time for him to move on. Um, there'll be clubs in the USA or China or somewhere that'll offer him a fair bag of money, and, and that'll that'll have to suffice. Next up then is Leeds. And I think it's a loan. I think Sam Greenwood, young striker that they brought in last summer from Arsenal, had previously been at Sunderland, very, very talented. But again, I think he's the type that is 19. He's ready to go. He's ready to go and play somewhere. Could be League One, could be Championship. Go and get games. Even if they loan him onto the continent, we know that Leeds have good contacts on the continent through the director of football, who, has, by the way, has done a fantastic job. It really should be pointed out that Victor Orta has done a fantastic job as director of football at Leeds in terms of building a team for now and then stockpiling some of the very best young players in England. But I think I think Greenwood is the one to move on now on loan on the continent or in the lower leagues in England. Very talented, but needs to start getting games if they want him to continue his development. And that's the important thing for him is continuing his development. Next is Leicester. It's a very, very good squad. That's the first thing to say. It's a very, very good squad. There's a lot of talent in this squad. I think the one who needs to go, probably for his own sake, more than anything, is Daniel Amarty. I really like him. At 26, he's bang in the middle, just sorry, right, right in, in his prime. He's not a spectacular player. He's not a player that will jump out at you, but I think he's very, very reliable. Now, he's had some injuries. That's, I suppose that's the issue with him, is he has had injuries. But when he, when he plays, he's six and a half to seven out of ten. He's never more than that. He's rarely less than that. He just gives you a solid performance. He can play centre-back, right-back, or holding midfield. Don't know that he's necessarily walking into many Premier League teams. But I do think the likes of Watford could do with a Daniel Amarty. 
again, Leicester, um, Norwich could do with a Daniel Amarty. Southampton, who are about to lose Vestergaard, potentially, and are already short in midfield, they could do with a Daniel Amarty. I think Daniel Amarty is the one from Leicester who I'd like to see move on. I think it benefits everybody, clears up a bit of a a bottleneck in terms of minutes in midfield and at centre-back. They're already stocked in midfield. Vestergaard will complete the set in, in centre-back. And they could bring in some decent money. If they might get five, six, eight million for him. Um, a good player, but not potentially good enough for for Brendan Rodgers and that Leicester squad, which is a Champions League calibre squad without question. At Liverpool, there's a couple. There really are a couple. Um, everybody knows that Divock Origi should leave, except maybe Divock Origi. Loris Karius should absolutely leave. But the one who Liverpool should look to sell, and I think they are looking to sell him, is Jordan Shakiri. He's 30 in a couple of months. He's obviously very, very talented. He's been an excellent player for Ball and Stoke. He was decent at, in, at Bayern. Never really got the break at Inter that he was looking for. In his first season at Liverpool, he was a very important member of the squad. Helped them win the Champions League. Was a starter for a run of games where they looked really impressive. And he played off the right-hand side. Won that game against Manchester United for them. He hasn't performed to the same level since. But he also seems to have lost Klopp's trust in the meantime. He was out for like five months with a hamstring injury. which just Or calf injury or something. Which seemed weird. But Shaq is a very talented player. There's a lot of clubs could do with a player like him. A game winner. A guy who can just turn things around, produce something out of nowhere. Great set pieces, rocket launcher of a left foot. Liverpool should sell him for around what they got They got him for, which is 12 to 13 million. I think it's Shakiri from Liverpool as the one who will benefit most from a sale. Manchester City, at this point, with the arrival of Jack Grealish, it probably is Bernardo Silva. He's too good to be a squad player. Bernardo Silva is a fantastic player. He's 26 yesterday. No, sorry, he's 27 yesterday. He turned 27 yesterday. So he's in his prime. He wants to keep his place in the Portuguese team. I think he needs to move on from City. I think a lot of clubs could benefit from having him. And I think he could play for pretty much anybody in the world. I don't think there's a Premier League team that he couldn't improve. Look up and down. I think he'd start for pretty much any of them. Maybe you can argue Liverpool. Maybe you can argue United. But I think he'd still start for the likes of Chelsea. Definitely start for Spurs. Definitely start for Arsenal. He's a fantastic player. And I think he's the one that maybe should be should be moved on. Um, I think it would benefit him to go somewhere else. And maybe be maybe be more of a star at a different club, maybe play a bigger role. In the 18-19 season, when Kevin De Bruyne got injured and missed a chunk of the season, it was him who stepped into the number eight position and City didn't miss a beat. He was phenomenal. You think back to when he was at Monaco, he played right wing, Lamar was left wing. He was just outstanding in that Monaco team that won the, the French League. There's been rumours that Atletico Madrid would like him, and they they have Thomas Lamar, so they could recreate that with those two in wide areas and maybe 
play Rodrigo de Paul as a 10 behind uh, a lone number nine. But either way, I think it's Bernardo Silva who needs to move on from City. Uh, go and get games elsewhere. Go and get regular starts, like every game kind of starts. Um, for United, it's Paul Pogba. United fans m- m- might not like that, but it is Paul Pogba. He's got a year left in his contract. You don't want to give him a new contract. Let's be clear. You do not want to give him a new contract because that will be a pay rise, having not performed to the level of the last contract he had. He's 29 in, in, May, in March. So you sign him to a new deal. He turns 30 in the first year of that deal. He'll be 34 by the time it ends. Paul Pogba, as it is, doesn't try hard enough for Manchester United. As he ages, he's going to try even less. He's had five seasons now at United. Only one of them you could claim was a success, the 18-19 season. And that's it. He had decent first year, bad second year, bad fourth year, and he was poor for most of last year. Paul Pogba doesn't want to be at United. He never wanted to go back there. Pogba, when he was leaving Juve, wanted to go to Real Madrid. And he kicked up such a fuss to go to Real Madrid that when Real pulled back out of the deal, he didn't have a way to walk it back. Juve had made the decision. They were moving on. Juve had already spent the money that they were getting in for Pogba. So they couldn't keep him. So he had to take the next best deal, which is Man United, which he didn't want. And he's shown that he didn't want to go there with his actions on and off the field. So the best thing United could do right now for him and for them is sell him. Find a club willing to give you 50 million, take the loss, take the hit, move on, invest that 50 million in a central midfielder who will actually help you. And maybe forget about Kieran Trippier for the summer, take whatever you're going to spend on him, put that into the pot, and maybe buy two central midfielders, because you need to. Uh, for Newcastle, it's Jolington. There's a couple of options here. I think Emil Kraft could benefit from a move. Um, I, I like him as a right-back, but it doesn't appear that Steve Bruce does. But Jolington is the one. Newcastle played, uh, paid big money for him, um, around $40 million, and that was just too much. He, he's not that type of player he's not a goal scorer he's not a number nine what he is is a guy who facilitates wide goal scorers he's basically a poor man's Roberto Firmino that's that's kind of what he is so Newcastle overpaid it's not his fault but it it hasn't worked and it's not really working with him and Callum Wilson either um talented player and I think he can go elsewhere and, and rebuild his career but I just don't see it happening for him at the tune for Norwich, I would say Sam Byram, uh, the young right back. Well, not young. He's 27 now. He's 28 soon. Came through at Leeds. Looked very, very promising. Went to West Ham. His career kind of hit the skids. He has, he's had a bunch of injuries. He'd never really been hurt at Leeds, but he, his career at West Ham was constantly stop-start because of muscle problems. He went to Forest on loan and blew out his knee. Joined Norwich, tore the hamstring straight off the bone. It just It's a, a very unfortunate sequence of events for him. But he's not getting minutes at Norwich because they've got Max Ahrens. Leeds could do with a backup right back. I'd like to see him go home. But he needs to get out of there. He needs to go and play somewhere. He's 
Not going to be the player he looked like he would become, but he's too good to sit on the bench uh, in that manner. For Southampton, I think it's Shane Long. I think at this point, he just needs to move on and they need to move on for him. I think he can do a good job at the championship level. You know, maybe it's El Yanazi. Maybe it's Mohamed El Yanazi. He's a very talented right winger who just has never really been given the opportunity at Southampton. Signed in 2018, he got 16 games and was then sent on loan to Celtic. I like him. I thought he was impressive at Celtic. I think a number of clubs could do with a player like him, that lightning pace. I said Hampton could do with him, in fairness. But if Ralph isn't going to give him the opportunities, I think he needs to be the one to move on. I think they can get a bit of money for him. They won't get any money for for Shane Long, not at this point in his career. Um, on to Tottenham then. And again, there's a few options, but I think Serge Aurier is the one that stands out. As most need, hmm. see, it's De- it's it's Delhi. The answer is Delhi, but I'm still hopeful that Delhi will have a resurgence. So Aurier makes more sense from a Spurs point of view as well as his own point of view. He wants to leave. I think they'd like to sell him. I don't think they want to use him. So he makes more sense from that regard. But Delhi is the one that. You'd probably like to take out of there, put in a situation where he can rebuild his confidence and get back on track. But maybe Spurs will give him an opportunity. So Guy is saying that it's been reported that Tangai Endebelli wants out. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't see a benefit for Spurs in selling him because you're going to lose a lot of money. But for him, yeah, he could probably do it a move away if Nuno isn't going to play him. Now, the issue is Spurs spent a lot of money on him and they've got a lot of money invested in Delhi as well. They were turning down 70 million for Delhi four years ago. So if Nuno's not willing to, to spend on them, you do have to wonder, you do have to wonder what those conversations between Nuno and Daniel Levy are going to be like. So Levy will want return on those investments. Moving on then to Watford, um, I think it's Mark Navarro. Decent fullback, can play centre-back. I quite like him. Um, not a great attacking player, but a very solid defensive player. But just, it hasn't worked for him at Watford. He's had a couple of injuries, but nothing major. But I mean, he's played six times in the Championship last season. Didn't feature for them at all the year before. Went on loan to Leganes. And the season before that, he played twice. He just hasn't been given the opportunities. I'd like to see him go back to um, to La Liga. I think there's a couple of clubs there could do with a, a good defensive right back, and he would be he'd be a good fit. He's a good player. He is a good player. Make no mistake, he's a good player. West Ham United, Issa Diop, without doubt for me, Issa Diop. He's far too good to not be a starting caliber centre-back. He is the best centre-back at the club. The issue with him is he's been inconsistent. He's had some injuries, but he has been inconsistent. When he's in form, he is 
fantastic and looks like he could play for anybody in the league. You remember his first season in the league? He was brilliant and they had options to sell him for 40 to 50 million, but they held out for more based on the price that Maguire went to, to Leicester. Um, or went from Leicester to United for, I should say. Second season wasn't as good. Last season, he had flashes of looking really, really impressive. But the problem for them is they don't have the right type of partner for him. So if I was Leicester, I'd actually go for Diop over Vestergaard. Um, Younger, better, more athletic. And I think he wouldn't cost a whole lot more than what they'll pay for Vestergaard. It looks like West Ham are looking to bring in Milenkovic and Coletta Carr. So that'll be two starting centre-backs. They still have Agbonna, still have Dawson. I think Diop could be available. And I'd quite like to see him get his move and um, and head on somewhere else. And then finally, we've got Wolves. Patrick Cutrone, Patrick Cutrone, I should say, would be the one there to move on. I think he's he's a good player. He just it's never worked for him in the Premier League. He's still young. He's only twenty three. Won't turn twenty four until January. But he's had a couple of loans from from Wolves, spent, what, a year and a half on loan at Fiorentina, half a season on loan with Valencia. Wolves just haven't given him a real chance. And I, maybe Bruno Lago will. Maybe he'll play him in a two, which is his natural fit. I, I don't see him as a proper number nine. I see him best as part of a two. Um, I think him and Jimenez could work quite well. But... I just think he needs an opportunity and I, I don't know that he'll get it at Wolves. So if I'm Wolves, I'm looking to move him on. If I'm him, I'm looking to move on. Uh, so that will be it. That will be the 20 that I would look to move on for either their sake or the club's sake. They're the, they're the deals I think that we could look to see in the next three weeks as the uh, as the window starts to wrap up. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll jump straight into the gossip and then we're done for the day. Right, welcome back. So we'll just wrap through the gossip very quickly and then we are done for the day. Paris Saint-Germain will look to sell up to 10 first-team players to help balance the books following the signing of Lionel Messi. Idrissa Gay. Ander Herrera and Mauro Acardi are all among those who could be moved on. Now, I think they'd be mad to sell Gay and Herrera. I think they're going to need them across the course of a season. Two hardworking veteran midfield players will come in very, very valuable. I know both are on decent money, particularly Herrera, but they're, they've got more value than you'll find by selling them. Acardi, I do think, should be moved on because... Him and Messi don't get along at all. Um, I think there's a lot of clubs could benefit from Mauro Icardi, to be honest. If if Roma can't get the Abraham deal done, I think Icardi would make perfect sense for them. Manchester City are planning to open talks with Ederson and Phil Foden over new contracts to keep them both at the Etihad. Makes sense, especially Foden, 21, that much talent. You want to make sure he's locked down long term. Manchester United have no intention of selling Anthony Martial this summer after the 25-year-old was linked to the move to Inter Milan. I would imagine even if they had some sort of intention of selling him, 
the injury to Rashford that rules him out for a few months would have put the kibosh on that. So maybe one to revisit in January, but I don't think uh, there'd be any sense in them selling Martial right now. Paul Pogba will stay at Manchester United for one more year before joining PSG on a free next summer. That makes sense. I think that it probably is what will happen. I think that's a disaster for United. Tottenham are still in talks to sign Latour Martinez, despite reports suggesting Inter Milan are unwilling to sell both the Argentine striker and Romelu Lukaku, who's finalising a move to Chelsea. Again, we don't know if this is a replacement for Kane or someone to play alongside Kane. It doesn't really make sense as a replacement. He's a totally different type of striker. He's not that out-and-out number nine type. But Laturo with Kane uh, would be exceptional. Arsenal, Tottenham and Everton are interested in Dennis Zakaria from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, I I could absolutely see him um, working well in the Premier League. Now, he's... He would fit into a rotation at Everton with Alain, Decoury, Davies, but he's no no different to what they already have. I think him and Heusberg could work well as a pair at Spurs. Um, him and Partey would be odd, but it, it could work. You just have to figure out who goes and who, st- who sits. But yeah, he'd be a great addition for Premier League clubs. Very, very talented. Uh, Jack Grealish says a conversation with former Aston Villa manager John Terry helped him decide to leave the club. That's probably not what Villa fans want to hear, given that John Terry also left this summer. Uh, to hear that he snaked them on his way out the door uh, is a bit is a bit much. Tottenham, Arsenal and Manchester United are all interested in signing Bayern Munich midfielder Quarantine Taliso, with the German champions wanting £10 million to aid their pursuit of Marcel Sabitzer. He's very talented, but he's so injury prone. He, when he came through at Lyon, he looked like he was going to become one of the best midfielders in the world. He joined Bayern in 2017. He played 96 games. That first season was his best. Played 40 games in all competitions, so scored 10 goals, was dominant box to box, really impressive in the Champions League. He barely played in 18-19 due to injury, only four games. In 19-20, he only played 13 league games, but he did play 10 Champions League games as they went and won the Champions League. So he was a big part of their Champions League winning squad, less so in the league. Last season, only 24 games in all competitions. It's a shame. He's, he was also part of the French squad that won the World Cup. So, you know, he's... He's been there and done it and won it all. And he is only 27. Just turned 27 a week ago. So he'd be a good buy, but there's, it's a gamble because the injuries are, are an issue. Liverpool and Leon are a long way apart on their valuation of Jordan Shakiri. I think they'll get it figured out eventually. Arsenal set to make a £3 million bid for Antwerp's Portuguese right-back Aurelio Buta who has also attracted the interest from Celtic. Um, I, I'm guessing that's nonsense. I think Everton are setting their targets a little bit higher this summer for, for starting calibre players. Arsenal want to keep hold of Rob Holding despite reported interest from Newcastle and Leicester. Right. Um, I could see him at Newcastle. He'd be a very Steve Bruce defender. Steve Bruce, if you're looking for that type of defender, though, Nat Phillips. 
Uh, Leicester are also interested in signing Vestergaard, and as we've seen, they've had a bid in this morning. Richarlison could feature in Everton's season opener against Southampton, despite not having had a summer break after representing Brazil at the Copa America and Tokyo Olympics. He is going to be one tired boy come like late November. Chelsea are standing firm over the £25 million valuation of Kurt Zuma, who has been attracting interest from West Ham. That's why West Ham have gone a different direction and are looking elsewhere. Sevilla director of football, Monchi, is waiting for Chelsea to call him so he can push through Jules Koundé's move to Stamford Bridge. Uh, this, is, this is tripe of the highest order. In no way is he waiting for them to call him so he can push through a deal. Uh, I would say that Ryan Taylor in the Express should probably go and have a, a quiet chat with himself uh, for publishing utter lies on the internet. Uh, and finally, Arsenal are waiting on Martin Odegaard to decide on his Real Madrid future before pursuing a permanent move for the Norwegian. All the Odegaard stuff seems to come from Spain. All the English reports about Arsenal's pursuit of a number 10 say that the focus is on James Madison. I think Madison's more likely. I don't think Real are willing to sell Odegaard this summer. But if Arsenal were willing to hold out a year, yeah, I think next summer Odegaard will be available because I think we're going to see a fire sale um, at Real Madrid next summer as they ramp up to get Mbappe and Erling Haaland in the door. That's me then. That is the show for today. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you to Guy Drinkle for his work behind the scenes. I will see you tomorrow. If you're on the Anfield Index Discord, do throw a question there for tomorrow's podcast. Uh, I'll be putting in you know, a request for those anyway. But other than that, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.